0: Sairam, dear brothers and sisters, Sairam. The last time, we stopped at Aribhajana Mina, Sukashanti Nahi, and after explaining the fact that Baba said, Swami said, that by singing bhajans regularly, one would get peace and comfort. Now the question was asked, how can such a peace be sustainable? Because we know the very next day, you will find, uh, certain commitments at the workplace, certain arguments in the home, certain unwanted news that can come by, are all excuses for our peace to be lost or to be dissipated. How can we continue to retain that peace that we have gained, even at Prashanti Nilayam, when we return back after our pilgrimages? Here, the second line of the song, Swami explained, Harinama Bina Nahi. What is the secret of this is explained by the connotation of the word Ananda. It is here that we must now really differentiate what is meant by Shanti and Ananda. Although it might look similar but in connotation so in experience it is vastly different. Peace and happiness can be gained at the mental level. Like for example if someone wants to long for an ice cream. There is a space that is created in the mind for ice cream. The moment the ice cream is given to an individual, the space gets filled up. The moment the space gets filled up, you will get peace and happiness. In the same way, you long for something. The longing creates a space or an expectation and when you get back what you expect, suddenly you get a peace back. Therefore, your agony is relieved, your anxiety is relieved and therefore you may get your peace. Ananda is quite different. Ananda is the spiritual bliss, not the mental happiness. Most of the exercises that we live in this world today is gaining going for mental happiness. But well, how do you get blissful feeling? How do you get spiritual bliss? Bhagavan in his letter in 1947 stated that I have my own definition of a devotee. Swami explained that one who, is equal, who has equanimity who treat both the opposites in the same manner. It is he that I am attached to it is he that would be considered as my devotee it's a very powerful line but we need to really examine that line very carefully most of the time in every day when we receive one news we suddenly become extremely elated and the very next news if something is depressing then we become totally depressed so we fluctuate like a yo-yo between happiness and sadness and this continues uh, all the way through in our life but in this true sense of the word when the teacher is telling us to be equanimity means that when we receive news we need not be so incredibly elated nor when we receive a negative news don't get too totally depressed so literally as we go along in our spiritual plane and continue to practice the nine code of conduct or participate in the spiritual activities you'll find slowly the mind which was fluctuating like this slowly coming to a, a point in which we are not too elated or too depressed and then there is a point in which there is a equilibrium that we gain. It is in this equilibrium that you find that the mind slowly gets to be controlled, get to be curved, because the whole purpose of it is to transcend the mind and to experience that ananda so the technique to be used for the purposes of helping the mind to be controlled to be conserved is to be utilizing this Arinam which is the recitation of reciting the name of the Lord now very often people recite Rama Rama many people recite this but in that particular beautiful analogy which Swami also gave is a story about a sage who passed by into a jungle the sage told the people in the jungle there were lots of parrots and he said look the hunter is coming please run away because the hunter is going to catch all these parrots and put into a bag and take it back so please run away run away so hunter is coming run run away this is what the sage advised all the parrots. and the sage continued his journey and after doing tapas and meditation and so on returned back to find out that the hunter had come hunter had caught all hunter has managed to catch every one of those parrots into a large big huge sack so to speak and from the sack he could hear all the parrots chanting hunter hunter coming run run away hunter hunter coming run run away they say the parrots have mechanically repeated those lines but unfortunately did not know the meaning of those lines the intention of those lines did not know the consequence of those lines so mere mechanical chanting is not what is wanted and this is a very powerful Uh, Analogy to demonstrate Swami then explains there are those who spend much time in mechanically reciting the name Ram or Systematically reading the entire Ramayana according to a fixed timetable or who worship the images of Sri Ram Sita Lakshman and Hanuman as a daily ritual With noisy form but like the person who puts a foot forward only to draw it back again These persons do not progress at all as the years elapse. Without gaining purity of thought and intention, compassion and the urge to serve, these outward expressions and exhibitions are but ways of cheating yourself or having the society applaud you as a great devotee. Your sight must become insight. It must be turned within and used for purifying and clarifying. Here is a warning from the master. One who has been told how to chant may mechanically chant by keeping keep on repeatedly chanting or keep on doing something as a ritual it is just a sight it is something for you to demonstrate your your knowledge in a certain subject or your uh, uh, what you call your routine expression of a certain ritual these the other devotees might see us and feel that we are very devoted but Baba is saying unless these sights can turn into real powerful strong insights This is just mechanical as almost as useless as the parrots who say hunter coming coming run run away it is just mechanical chanting this mechanical chanting will never lead us to the ananda will never lead us to the bliss don't forget there is a promised there is a promised experience that the teacher is giving us without doing this we cannot experience them. then again the modern educated people will say well how does it when keep on chanting like this how does it mean for us to get peace and happiness how does it mean to get the whole blissful feeling how do we keep our mind constantly repeating the lord's name it's not practical yet you find you find that if you have a project that you need to hand up in six months time you need to work with your marketing people you need to plan the whole thing you know all the time at everywhere you go you have something going on in your mind. Your anxiety to finish the result. Your anxiety to contact the relevant people. Your focus on the particular goal. Your ability to see the market segmentation. Your ability to see the competition. Your ability to see the organization thriving forward. Your ability to motivate the people. Every one of your to on the progress of the profit and the profitability of the organization. Your mind is without you knowing. The mind is constantly repeating all these things without you knowing. It is not something that the Lord or the Master is telling you that it is something so difficult to do because we are already naturally doing it even without even telling us that this constant repetition is going on. That is assuming that even if you are falling in love with someone or you are falling in love with an object you find that same thought continue to repeat in your mind because you are constantly thinking about it so it is not a far-fetched idea we are already practicing this in the mechani- in the routine world in the mechanically we are routinely living this idea but now if we can turn the entire idea and follow the master's command by repeating the name of the lord we are expected to experience the promised ananda which is a blissful stage far far beyond even the mental happiness that incredible stage of perfection in which we are supposed to have a feeling of joy and happiness overriding all other experiences and living in this blissful state is the promise that the teacher is pointing can we achieve it we can but how we will soon see in the next battle. So, many a times we have come to Puttapati, and many a times you have come to Prashant and run to Swami and say, Swami, please. Please relieve me of this pain, please relieve me of the suffering. Fami is quick to reply, no one can liberate you, for no one has bound you. You hold on to the nettle of worldly pleasure, and you weep like the bird is pursued by the crows, so long as it carries the fish in its beak. Once the bird drops the fish, immediately it is free. So you too should give up the attachment to the senses, then sorrow and anxiety can harass you no more, and you can be happy. Now, it is a very interesting analogy, as the bird is taking a crow, as the bird is taking the fish, sorry, the crows come running after the bird. But the moment the uh, the bird lets go of the fish, then the crows no more chase the bird. It's almost like another analogy which Swami said, how the hunters catch uh, monkeys. The monkeys will put, they will put a big huge pot and with a small head and they'll put a banana inside that pot. And the monkeys will come and look at the pot, and look inside the pot, and this monkey sees a banana, he puts his hand inside the banana. And then the hunter will now run and chase the monkey. The monkey actually needs to let go of the banana, and he can run into the forest. But the monkey doesn't want to let go of the banana, and therefore he carries this very heavy pot, and because he drags the pot, the weight of the pot, then slows the monkey down, and the hunter then quickly catches the monkey. both these analogies are very powerful uh, indicators to show why man is not able to transcend this peace and happiness or transcend this level of the mind to reach this blissful state is simply because of our excessive attachment excessive uh, uh, engagement excessive expectations and all these keeps us all together in this plane asking God continuously help us help us, but he has declared that it is not him, it is not he that is stopping us from experiencing this ananda, it is only us who has now managed to put our hands into too many of those big jars and therefore we are not able to liberate. The teacher is very quick to say how then can we acquire ananda because this is what the whole subject matter is, how to acquire ananda, Baba explains every man who desires to acquire ananda but where from where can he get ananda faith alone can win ananda peace can be got only through faith faith is a spring of joy but now we see sorrow whatever we cast wherever we cast our eyes why does this happen because man has lost faith he has no faith in himself how then can he acquire ananda how can a person who has not got enough faith to live happily for a few days with the grace of God can achieve ananda. Baba is saying that without, the whole point is that that whole aspect of ananda can only come from faith. So sometimes when we look at it, it is such a superficial statement to see uh, without faith how to get ananda, or what is faith, I, I already got my faith and why is it that I cannot experience this full bliss. One must then question about the faith itself. See, when we have a certain faith that we really truly believe that the teacher is the one who is the eternal director of all plays, he is the eternal script writer, we just need to subject ourselves to the teacher, that we can come to the conclusion that all our experiences, all our things, we just participate, we are allowed to participate in our actions. Such a mental detachment from our worldly actions will slowly give us an inner equanimity whenever something happens oh lord this has happened may i take this as your prasad when a disappointment comes oh lord this disappointment is for me to learn something because ultimately my soul is to come to you so this is the actual realization of the point of when we say faith which means to say we have a hook on to something so that our mind has got a balance our mind has got an eco-poise our mind has got an equanimity evaluate everything else, make the right decisions, make the proper discrimination so that we can transcend the level of the mind. Only then can we achieve the higher blissful state. I am just continuously referring to this because there are two states that we must do. Mental happiness and spiritual bliss is two different things. Though they may think it is the same but when you transcend the mental happiness, always look forward to this happiness happiness then we will progress towards experiencing that spiritual place Swami said how do we continue to continue to recite and Baba said the name the divine name is the uh, is the cure for all the diseases in the world there is nothing sweeter than the name very powerful to chant the name is the easiest path to reach the Lord without any obstacles you can reach the goal the name is equally available to the sinner Equally available to the saint, to the student and the teacher, man and woman, without any distinction whatsoever. Through love and devotion, chanting the name of the Lord is the easiest and the most sacred path. If you go on chanting the name and become mad with the sweetness of the name, even gods start dancing. <laughs> so it's a very beautiful analogy, beautiful description that if we continue chanting, chanting, chanting. But the only difference is now Swami brings in the dimension what is it that we are missing we are pressing the accelerator noise is coming out smoke is coming out but the car is not moving because we have not put into the gear so what is the technique of chanting in such a manner that we can push the gear and the car seem to be moving swami said when the Japamala are turning the beats automatically around just as mechanically and as punctually and as carefully as any other routine act of daily life or as it ought to be done repeating the name irrespective of the target number dwelling deep on the form it represents watch these words very carefully dwelling deep on the form it represents on the divine attributes connoted by, connoted by it tasting it, revealing it enjoying the context and association of the name relishing its sweetness yeah it's a beautiful thing supposing now we mention the name of your Let's say your father has passed away and we mention the name of your father. Immediately all your experiences that your father has given you, all the memories that our father has given us, all the discussions and all the numerous encounters that you have had with your father comes to you just by the name. The name gives rise to a huge big experience that you have had with your father. In the same way what Swami is saying that when you are chanting Rama, Rama, Rama or you are chanting Sai Rama, Sai Rama or Krishna, Krishna. Krishna to reveling into the deep form, in getting the impression of that particular form and how the form is representing the ideals. Those ideals must be contemplated upon. Their stories must be contemplated upon. Their attributes must be contemplated upon. Their sweetness in which they have lived their life must be contemplated upon. So, as you continue to contemplate, as we are asked to continue to contemplate upon all these various connotations and meanings and experiences, The name is to flood us with that incredible radiation and vibration of that particular form. So as you keep on doing it and doing it, you find that you are filled, our lives are filled with that imagery of that form, that experience of that form, the name of that form, the attributes of that form. So slowly you'll find that as we continue to believe in that particular form, as we continue to believe in the experience, you know, what's happening? In computer language, we are upgrading our system. Our earlier system where we had an operation system we used to operate in this manner but when we do this Nama Japa what's happening is we are upgrading our system we are putting a new system into our place replacing our whole system of operation old system of thinking whole system of beliefs all these older systems will vanquish and a new personality emerges why because we are saying that we are tuning up our frequency to that expected goal just as when a useless hopeless student who has got no more hope and vision of his life but suddenly gets inspired by an idea and when he starts the idea starts dancing in his mind he starts devoting his entire life to achieve that particular goal the entire personality changes his goal changes his feeling changes his productivity changes suddenly you find that he becomes such a dynamic individual how can a hopeless useless helpless student becomes such a dynamic individual because he's got a goal which is why Baba has said more important than a guru is a guru what is a guru is a goal. continuous focus on the goal will help us to redeem our life henceforth the name recitation gives back the reinforcement of the goal which the teacher is asking us to focus back so the name or the form is a methodology of the mind trying to hook on to a higher ideal and by hooking on we slowly open the great big huge doors allowing us to slowly embrace and enter into ananda Hari naam bina aanand nahi hari hari naam se hari khajen bina kya nahi hari naam se kya nahi so whenever something is explained a curious student who's intelligent whose intelligence has been provoked We'll ask, Swami, I now understand when you, what you are saying, but can you explain? I got it, I nearly got it, but in terms of intelligence, how does it work? Because when we keep on chanting the name, how does intelligence play a part? And so Swami says, the constant recital of the name of God from amongst any of the million names by which He is identified by human imagination or intelligence is the best means of correcting and cleansing the mind of man the avatar of this kali yuga states constant chanting causes the imagination of all the names that we have if you take one name keep on doing it it's the best way of correcting and cleansing the mind of man so how does where does intelligence come in and here swami explains in a beautiful uh, uh, quotation which swami says all actions in the world and their consequence originate in the head and these relate to the external path so i mean calls it pravarti marga and those which arise from the heart relates to the inward path which is called nivarti marga in feelings like peace kindness compassion forbearance and love consider the condition of the field of your heart it is overgrown with thorn and bush of lust anger greed and envy remove them root them all Do not allow the land to turn fallow. By continuous good work, plough the land and fill the field with the water of prey. Select the Naam seed, select the name that appeals to you and start sowing it in the field. Discipline is the force which will guard the growing crop against cattle. Virtue is the pesticide. Fostering the field with greater care, you can bring home the precious harvest of ananda. So now, there are two parts marga, which he says, Swami says, comes from the head. Nivarti marga, which goes back, which is an inward path, comes from the heart. So the whole idea is that the most easiest way is if you keep on taking a name, let's say Ganeshas name or Christ's uh, name or any name, if we just take the name and keep on uh, repeating it and keep on chanting Ramarāma Krishna Krishna, keep on chanting the name by constantly repeating, we are causing an interruption in our pattern. Example. If there is an individual who's very busy, who's got no time for God, who's always running around, he's got the spirituality and religion is all uh, very much not in his priority, he's got too busy, he's running after his business deals, for him to stop and pause and to see these things in that proper light, he doesn't have the clarity of the vision, nor does he have the consciousness to do it. So slowly, slowly, if such a person is also asked to sit down, never mind, don't run around, just for 2-3 minutes just say Rama 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 or Krishna Krishna or Sai Rama Rama. Just keep on chanting the name, very slowly you'll find a certain peace coming into you, a certain calmness coming into you. Very slowly that picture of Ram or the name of Ram starts to give him the imagination of what Rama is, starts to get him connected at the level of the feeling. So the head which is the pravrti marga which is an outward journey, now this using this name the technology causes an interruption in his process of thinking and he is now connecting rewiring himself to the heart level where now is the nivrithi marga way, he is now slowly returning back to himself. So the technology is to cause an interruption in such people so that such people now start to become more and more connected to themselves because the word nam has got power swami said buddhi is the most superior faculty of man and its preeminence is due to its proximity to the atma see the in the, when they describe the five sheath the buddhi sheath is the closest to the atma below the intellect is the mind below the sensory organ is the body so body sensory organ mind intellect bliss sheath uh, mind, intellect, bliss, and the Atma. So, this is the layer. Swami said, in actual fact, intellect should always exercise control over the mind and the mind over the senses. But today, mostly it's the reverse the senses are controlling the mind, mind is controlling the intellect. Therefore, the screen becomes thicker and thicker and thicker, and therefore, man is now lost in the jungles. So, this whole chanting the name. Causes this interruption of this pattern, so that the reverse takes place. What? That the atma, which is getting the, for the intelligence or the, the buddhi sheet gets the effulgence from the atma, starts to radiate to the top, so that the mind gets to become more and more controlled. The senses are not so more, no more wild. Slowly the mind becomes Perfect. Slowly the mind gets its certain composure, and therefore he regains back his sense not to mention his sensibility Swami said it is enough in one as a human form or the basic human equipment physical mental and emotional it is a it is enough if one has this human form and these equipments but with the help of discriminating intellect one must bring it to perfection as a sculpture does after the stone is brought to a definite shape so we our job in life is therefore to start to feel this and we must now start to go out into society and community And expand this and expand this and make people also feel the same happiness why because there are many people who are actually lost in their sense in the worldly sense they are lost in many ways but if good people if people who are spiritual also sits within the four walls of the Sai Center and continue to do their ritualistic acts without expanding their love, if this it's also very selfish. Baba said, if you have experienced my love, if you have experienced my peace, then it is your duty to go out and share that love and peace and don't just keep it to yourself. So here is the people, people in the pravakti marga, who is always expanding his consciousness and working with ego and working in this world outside. It is also our duty and our job to go out in front of them, interact with such people and give them another option where life can become led, but we cannot be preachers we must be actual practitioners we need not go out and talk about it but by our presence by our own sense of peace and by our own acquaintance by our own engagement they must see the spirituality glowing with us and therefore they ask and out of curiosity come to us and therefore wish to refine their personality looking at our own so we have a role to play in society our role is to slowly evolve the Privarthi marga to return back to Nivarti marga so we ourselves must become exemplars of not just chanting the name but by exemplars of the living ideals in which the name signifies Omo Swami said I am God you are also God the mind assumes the form of the object which is attached it gets fixed on small things it becomes small When fixed on grand things it becomes great so the mind has got this ability if you're listening to gossips if you're listening to negative thing the mind will fall and fall and fall but if the mind now can exalt and look at the glorious expressions of the divine nature which rama represents or krishna represents and by the name chanting if we our mind can transfix ourselves to those ideals slowly our mind gets to imbibe to, 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 to the flavor of what those thoughts are and slowly our system gets to become evolved. The teacher says, when air fills a balloon, it takes the form of the balloon oval sausage shaped, spherical or spheroid. Likewise mind assumes the form of these objects which is attached. Hence mind, mind, mind should always dwell on high thoughts. As the mind becomes petty, it gets fixed on these things. A beautiful example Swami said, is <coughs> an example in which uh, Swami talked about in the Ramayana. On the last day of the 14th year, the soldier came inside, the warrior soldier came into the palace and told Vardha that Sri Rama has now returned from the 14th year side. who was ruling Ayodhya for Rama for all 14 years, only kept sandals on the throne and looked on the sandals for inspiration, looked at the ideals of how Sri Rama would have governed Ayodhya, how Sri Rama would have thought, how Sri Rama would have felt. So all 14 years, Bharata's mind and thoughts were only on Sri Rama, completely and totally on Sri Rama. So when the soldier came and said that Sri Rama has now come, he threw everything down and ran out of the palace, ran out into the courtyard, ran out of the gate and jumped onto the chariot and embraced Sri Rama. And as they were both hugging each other, the chariot was bringing the both of them into the palace. The palace people, all the guards, all the people who were sitting there, and all the public members looked at both of them. They were not able to distinguish who vardha was, who Rama was, because. Bharata was continuously contemplating on Sri Rama his face his features his expressions all became like Sri Rama dust as you think of dust you become God as you think of God you become I think this beautiful story narrated by Bhagavan Baba need no further explanation or need no other analogy to demonstrate the idea that if he constantly repeat the name constantly focus on the vision Constantly do everything in life only because you are his missionary, you are a mis- his imagery, you are the one who is devoted to his ideals and constantly practice. Slowly you attribute, slowly your personality, slowly your characteristics, slowly all your virtues will become your own system will be downgraded and a new upgraded system will come inside mimicking that emulating that of the divine quality and this is what this beautiful technology of reciting the name can help in our own personal transformation Now that Swami has explained in so simple language the power of this technology of continuously chanting the name to bring us into Lord, Swami is also very quick to remind us: all of you have great love and adore Swami. But that love and adoration are of no use if you ignore the teachings of Swami. Even if you do not adore, if you believe in the truth of the word and enforce it in your daily life, Swami's grace will always be with you in your life. It is no use if you simply utter the name of the Lord and do not follow the good things that go along with the Lord. It is just like uttering the name of penicillin when you are running a high temperature. Only when you take the pencil in will the temperature comes down. When you are hungry, the hunger cannot be satisfied by uttering words like potato and chapati. If you eat them, it will be satisfied. It is of no use if you could only listen. You must try to remember the discourses you have listened to during the month. Put them into practice and judge for yourself how far you have acted according to the world. So, the dear, dear, dear brothers and sisters, I think this is a warning. Many of us may be taken aback by the form. Many of us may be taken aback by the activities, jump into seva, do many many other things, but it is very critical for us to really evaluate and see how far we are progressing in our spiritual life. Baba is saying that it is easy to do all this, but the most important part is the teachings. I remember once in the interview room, I told Swami, uh, I took Swami's hands and put it on my head and said, Swami, uh, uh what are you really asked me. i said swami give me enlightenment give me enlightenment he said swami said enlightenment is not a business transaction for me to give you and for you to take you have to learn it which means to say you have to follow the teachings you have to sincerely adhere to those values and you must seen to be seen you must be visibly seen to be practicing these values and your conscience must grow ultimately Swami said your conscience is your guru so we must be able to voice and listen to this inner voice and to be continuously be guided by what Swami is saying therefore it is a very important precautionary warning that for us not to be Away completely to a point where we have no time to listen to the teachings or follow the teachings, but get captivated and carried away by the activities. No doubt, activities are important, but it is very crucial for us to literally look at SAI, see always the inside, see always the inner, continuously focus and see whether we are improving and uh, so on. Because Baba quickly says, time flies fast like a block of ice it melts soon and flows away like water held in a leaky pot drop by drop the time allocated for one's life passes off quite soon so be vigilant be warned be alert be aware seek the shelter of the lord and transform every moment into a sacred celebration Swami said it's like ice block you keep it there ice will slowly melt and melt time is passing by which is why necessary that every experience like this that uh, every teacher's uh, warning, every teacher's advice must be taken very seriously to look back again and see how we are using our time so preciously so that it does not get dissipated in doing so many things that we want to do but to do the things that what he wants us to do. The teacher has always said that I am not interested in your capability, I am not interested in your ability but I am really interested in your availability so to be available for the teacher so that his constant advice that he gives will be imbibed by us so that we can practice some of these teachings are very very essential in this particular things. baba says it is by no means achievement to get the name of the lord in one's tongue at the last breath always when well that is why during the last phase of life when we are living, we need to keep repeating the Lord's names that at the end we still can, our tongue can roll and we can continuously repeat the Lord's name. But Swami said, it is no mean no achievement to get the name. It needs practice of many years based on deep-seated faith. It needs strong character without hatred or malice for the thought of God, cannot survive in the climate of pride and greed. And how do you know the moment is last? Yama, the god of death, does not notice of his arrival, does not give notice of his arrival. The teacher is saying, at the last breath, how do we know we can remember his name, unless we keep on practicing it? At the very last minute, an anxious thought can pull our mind away. At the last minute, our attachments can pull away. How can we prepare ourselves for the last exit with this incredible torpedo, missile fired, uh, with the name of the Swami's name or the Lord's name? will depend upon how fast and how reverentially and how quickly we keep on reciting it daily in our life. As we go in our car, we call the name. As we do our work, we call his name. As we finish the office work, we call his name and say thank you. Before we eat our food, we say his So in every sense of the word, we are constantly reminded that you're just an instrument on a transit ground. Anytime the visa can be called. But to be prepared for such a particular exit, one must require the mind, one must must require the temperament and one must require the certain attitude which we must now cultivate. Swami said, some people will say, oh, Swami we are young, we are dynamic, we need to go and achieve so many things. We have got no time for spirituality. He is quick to say, do not wait until you are past middle age to practice the sadhana of namasparanam. There are some parents who tell their children that they can take up religious practices in their old age. But a straight plant means a straight tree, a bent plant can never grow into a straight tree. So the sadhana has to be followed from a tender age. It's only when we are young when we keep on practicing it, as we keep on growing old, the tree's thumb is straight and it will not be bent. But if the tree is already bent like this, how when during the old age can we make it straight? So he says it has to be an intrinsic culture which we must continue to practice and continue to do so. Baba says this name chanting has to be constant but today there are some people who will chant it today then leave it for five days and then keep chanting it again they are not we are not regular because this world is continuously cascading so many different obligations and commitments. I cannot be consistent I can come when I have time don't tell me to come every time and do it Baba is quick to say if you rub a bit of iron on a hard surface it develops heat If you continue to rub it vigorously it can be red hot but if you do so between intervals the iron will become cold and all the effort will then waste become a waste the work has to be repeated over again so we hit it hit it more hit it more so that it becomes red 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 it becomes really hot but if you allow it to be cold again you have to start from ground zero so sadhana is continuous Savana is constant. Savana is the ability to constantly focus on the same activity for long sustainable periods Despite of all the interferences, despite of all the commitments and obligations So that kind of vigor and focus must be dedicated to it. The seeker at this point may still have a doubt Yes, I agree Swami, but surely this methodology is for those who have gained some quietude or some already found solace but my mind is far too stormy, my boat is leaking in many holes, my steering is not so good and I may crash somewhere, at some point I may crash, therefore in such a case, what to do you, Bhagavan? How can I do this? What you are practicing and what you have said is true. I totally agree with you that this technology is very good, but in my whole mind of this whole person, personality of mine, is so robust, there is so many waves in my mind. How then I can I, how can I continuously pursue this and experience that spiritual bliss that you are trying to tell me? What is another method for which I can now uh, move forward progressively? There must be something else. Yes, for such a stormy mind, for such a fluctuating mind, there is one more line in which Baba says, which is a very powerful answer to some of the anxious questions that will still be bubbling. But for those, we have to wait for the next talk site so, yeah.